Hey, welcome to season three of Workplace Trends with Liz Elam. For this season, we're concentrating on the real estate industry. Let's talk about the future of everything real estate. And if you want to learn more about the flexible workspace industry or the future of co-working, you should be following us at gcuc.co. That is our website. You can sign up for our mailing list. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Liz Elam, E-L-A-M, which is also mail spelled backwards. So there you go. Interesting fact. Okay, let's get to it. Workplace Trends with Liz Elam starts now. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm so excited to have my friend Jerome Freed with us today. And my first question, which is always my first question, but I try to pay more attention to it thanks to our pandemic, is how the hell are you? Hey Liz, um, I'm great, and it's really good to catch up with you. It's been it's been pre-COVID that I think we last saw each other and spoke, but I'm doing really really well. There's some exciting things in my life happening, which is probably one of the reasons why we're chatting today. But I'm I'm doing well, and and LA, which is my home base, is opening back up, and uh, I'm seeing a lot of smiling faces, which I haven't seen because they've been covered with masks for quite some time. So all around really good and optimistic and excited for the future. I love it. I am feeling the same way. I'm not going to lie. I just went through a bout of burnout, but you know, actually being back in a co-working space has really helped me. I just got into the doldrums of working from home and I just really needed to get out and seeing the volume of people coming in for tours has been phenomenal. Love it. I, I appreciate you speaking so honestly about that because, you know, I think it was such a popular thing to say how great work from home was for so long. I, there was a lot of learning, you know, there's a lot of learning about myself through, through COVID. <laughs> yeah. And I would agree with you. I think that, you know, I, I didn't realize I've always enjoyed a little bit of alone time here and there, but I didn't realize just how much I thrive off of energy and people and human interaction, good and bad. It's such a, of an important part of who I am. And as soon as Industrious allowed me to start coming into a, one of our locations, I chose to do so. Um, and I'll obviously being completely respectful and mindful that that not, not everyone is ready and that's totally okay. Right. But I, I, I immediately found that I was more productive and happier generally. So yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're you're through the bout of burnout but i also i i agree i, I felt that and yeah um, and i again another reason to be optimistic is that i'm seeing poor volume up i'm seeing people walking by and it's just it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the last time I saw you working for Savills, and then I heard through our friend Michael that you'd taken a job with Industria. So first of all, congratulations. And second of all, tell us what you're doing there. Yeah. So, you know, I've I've been a I've been a longtime fan of Industrious. I think that you know that, that Michael and and I represented Industrious way back in the day on some tenant rep transactions. Um, and I could not have been more impressed and continue to be with Jamie and with Justin. And then now, frankly, with Anna and Greg and kind of the C-suite. And it's it's really just an impressive team. So I've kept in close contact with them for years. And I think that it was kind of the stars aligned that there was an opportunity that I thought I could do really, really well at. The My activity or my volume in the tenant rep business was down because of COVID or a lot of my clients were on hold. And it just seemed like I want to shake things up. I want to do something exciting. I want to join a team that I respect and I think I can add value to. And uh, and so I took the jump. And, you know, there's always that bit of apprehension of like what's behind the curtain and, and what's it really going to be like. It's it's everything I was hoping. I mean, obviously, we've got 
it's 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 a big task. I mean, we're we're a growing company, but it's also such an exciting time. So all around, really really happy. The team welcomed me with open arms. I'm based in LA, while most of the team is based in New York. But I've already been out there and and spent a week with the team, and and I've I've toured and and traveled to see landlords, and so it's. It's moving and grooving. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I have been super impressed with Industrious. Like they, you guys have really kept it moving during the pandemic, made some bold moves, taken on some big money. Like it's, I'm excited about y'all's growth and I, I huge fans of Jamie and Justin. They're both fantastic. And I love it when good people do good business and the world reacts to it. I couldn't agree more. And I think it really is. It's funny. It's like I was always a tenant rep broker, which was like a standalone guy with a team, Michael and myself. And we would, and it's different now. I'm, I'm on this bigger team, but it, it, and it sounds cliche to say this, but it really comes from the top down, the culture and, and, and the, the respectful community and the just inclusiveness. And it's, it's cool. It's really cool to be on a team that, that views the world and, and flex office and co working this way. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I'm going to go into a question I had further down, but I'm going to bring it up to the top. So what's the difference between flex office and co-working? That's a great question. I mean, I think flex office is kind of the term that is all-encompassing. Co-working, frankly, the more I know about our products, it's a bit of a misnomer for industrious because I think that you know our core product is offices, private offices of, of one to 20 person offices. We've got other products for even bigger teams. But what I think of co-working, and I think when the world thinks of co-working, they often think of the hot desking and, and, and collaboration and all that. All those things are very important to us. But really, I think that Flex is, is the all-encompassing. It could be executive suites for individuals. It could be team offices. It, it really is the solution or many solutions to the high barriers to entry office market. Instead of a five, seven, and 10-year lease, how do people that aren't able or willing to sign those kind of contracts have a an efficient and a and an attractive place to work and you know that 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 helps them and supports them. So I would just say that flex is is for me it's a better term when talking to partners because it's it's all encompassing and it really captures the fact that there's this growing demand for something different than what was the traditional. Yeah, I see co-working as an element of flexible office, you know, and I think that co-working can include offices and Flexible can include co-working. I think it's just nomenclature and it's all kind of depends on what you want to focus on in your business. Um, I, I totally, totally agree with that. So I know you're focused on real estate and so is this workplace trend. So I'm super curious of how you're viewing the real estate industry today. What's it like? What's going on? It's it's an exciting time, but obviously there was some there were some dark moments too, it, it, like all industries. But I think even in particular, real estate and and probably retail and hospitality. If I think about which which is interesting because they're all kind of interconnected from my perspective. But COVID happens, and there's big question marks as to what those industries are going to look like and how they're going to survive and, and fare moving forward. I think that you know there's a two pronged answer to that. There's the real estate not related to flex and co working, which I think what we saw is a lot of of actual positive things. So, you know, tenants that could keep paying rent kept paying rent, landlords that that could continue paying their mortgages paid their mortgages in the scenarios and the situations where they couldn't lenders work with landlords, landlords work with tenants. You know, it wasn't as it wasn't as hostile as you might think. Uh, that's one part of it. And then the other is landlords, a lot of them took the opportunity to 
touch up their buildings and renovate their buildings and invest capital uh, with the fact that there was going to be less foot traffic and less tenants in the building. So I think that there's one positive there, which is that there's been reinvestment. And I think on the other side of that is if you look at or talk to the CBs of the world, the JLLs of the world, the Cushmans of the world, the Savills of the world, activity from occupiers is is up. You know, so a lot of people were on the sideline for a while, but right now it's it's uh, no doubt. So the second part of the question is there's there are changes, right? There are changes afoot. There's a lot of changes, uh, but that being said, I think it's all really positive. The changes are that flex is a component. We're seeing major occupiers basically looking for their permanent home, but saying that they want to be in a building or in a pocket of buildings that have a flex offering so that they can scale, grow, expand and contract and do it easily and do it where they know there's a quality product. So it's it's there's two things. There's that, which is, hey, I'm going to sign a lease for 100,000 feet instead of 120,000 feet, but I want to be able to grow and shrink easily without having to sign a new five, seven or 10 year lease. And if there's no space contiguous to me, it's okay because I know in the building there's this offering. So that's one thing. And then the other thing we're seeing is is for years, we've been talking about hub and spoke, the idea that okay, we've got you know HQ in our downtown location, but some people have to commute an hour and a half to get there. Uh, well, maybe it makes sense to have them in the office or give the people, our people the option to be in the office one or two days a week. And the rest of the week, they can either work from home or what we're seeing, I think makes more sense now is have the ability to have a quiet and efficient place to work closer to their home so that they don't have the distractions of the dog or the kids or or whatever it may be. Or even just frankly, sometimes it's not a distraction thing. It's just getting out of the house and sitting at a desk, sitting in a comfortable work chair and in a quiet place and being able to really be efficient. So, you know, I think the real estate from a technical standpoint, anybody who really counted office space out, I think was a little short-sighted because, you know, it it makes us tick and and we need a place to, to, to be productive. And the other side of that is the transition to incorporating flex as a bigger and bigger portion of the demand. And I don't think this is a threat to traditional office leasing at all. I think it's completely complementary. And it's it's now that you know when you give your workforce certain rights and certain abilities during COVID, rather than take those away and say, hey, there's no more work flexibility. I think that that would give a lot of people a lot of heartburn. And now it's more like, okay, well, we trust that you can be efficient not being in the office five days a week because we've seen it and our company's done well and companies generally have done well. So it's about giving people the tools and resources to work in a more flexible way uh, moving forward. So they, so they, you know, again, cut down on the commute time, but, but remain efficient. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, what are you seeing like for, for this industry, as far as the future of real estate, like, are you guys going to do some suburban model or are you going to continue to go with management agreements? Are you going to, I was interested in the partnership you did with the hotel. Is there more of that coming? Are you guys also looking at live work? Like what, what's next for industrious? That's great. I mean, I think what I can say is that this team has continually impressed with their ability to be nimble and to respond to the demands of our members, both small team members and our enterprise members. And I think that with the recent investment, we're, we're, we're looking to continue 
to be the trusted provider for enterprise users as well as individual teams. And in doing so, there are additional product offerings that are going to have to come. I, I, you know, to speak to them before they happen, who knows, you know, but the, but the point being is that the team is agile and nimble. We've got some of the smartest minds trying to get ahead of what's coming and what's needed and how can we offer or enrich our service offering to solve all these needs or as many of them as possible. So, you know, whether it's partnerships, whether it's suburban, you know, my, my opinion on this as, as a director of real estate, expanding our, our footprint is that, you know, it's inevitable that suburban is going to have to, going to have to be serviced because there's a lot of people that I know that have moved out of LA, downtown LA or Santa Monica and live in Scottsdale and live in Orange County and live in, you know, so the list goes on and on. So point being is the workforce has, has in part relocated and there's a need to service that growing market. Well, it's interesting because I think my tolerance, even though we had that magical time period where we didn't have hardly any traffic and parking downtown was never a problem. And I took advantage of that and went to work downtown during that time because like, when is this ever going to happen again? And, but now like, I don't go to downtown because I don't want to waste my time in traffic and I don't want to try to find parking. So I go to a suburban co-working space because it's about time. And I think what's interesting is I think our tolerance for the commute has gone down. It, you would think it would go up because we had this magical year and a half of not much. But now I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. I think you're right. I think that we we realize the inefficiency of sitting in the car for an hour plus a day. Um, even in, you know, in, in, in the tenant rep line of work, it was great to make phone calls. But the difference between being at your desk and having your your laptop, and I'm a huge advocate of having a side mouse. I, I like if I don't have mm-hmm. this mouse, my productivity drops 30%. <laughs> Same thing. So it's funny, but it's like we, we learn those things. Uh, by the way, just as an aside, when there was no traffic, I, I am along with half the world, got a really good secondhand bicycle and started biking all over the city. And it was just the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. You know, going from Brentwood to Venice in just a few minutes and having no one on the road. That has long since gone away and the traffic in LA is back in full force. Mm, yeah, it's back in Austin too. It's like it's like it never left. Right. Right. <laughs> but 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 I think yeah, exactly. I do think it's a little bit lighter though, because I think so many people are opting for some days at home or for some suburban setup. So I do think it's a little bit better. I don't know if it'll last. That's great. Um, so one of the things that's been talked about a lot is is like, is the co-working industry just going the way of the hotel industry? Is Are we just going to have a few brands and it's going to be like the Marriott, the Hilton, the whatever? Or do you think there's room for some bifurcation here? Well, that's a great question. I, what's funny, when you gave me the question, my mind went in a different direction with it. So I'm, I'm glad you gave me a little bit more color. I think that, I think, I think the answer is yes to all of the things. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but the first First thing I'll say is hotels long ago, from my understanding, stopped really owning the real estate and they started managing the real estate. They, they were the operator. So I think that that's, that's definitely uh, a future that we've helped to, in the co-working space, help to, to pave. And I think it's going to continue. So that's one thing is that, that whether it be the, you know, the Marriott's or the Hilton's of the world, they're not the, they're kind of an asset light liability light model, a lot like what Industrious is doing. Um, so to that in that category or in that topic, I think that it is it is much like the 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 hotel partnership model. About there being, you know, I think there's going to be a handful of top players, but I think there's always going to be room for more regional. If that's what you're asking, more, you know, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And the reason I feel that way is 
that, you know, in communities, someone who's from a community and has their fingers on the pulse of what that specific community in that specific pocket is looking for, there's an ability to get as granular as you want with the service offering. I think that when you look at a, a national and, and an international brand, it's a little bit more challenging to get super granular. It's about high quality product, you know, a, a, a clean and, a, and an aesthetically pleasing and a respectful environment, but it's not about adding every bell and whistle. I'm sure there's a better way of saying that. Um, when you look at, or when my in my experience with more, localized uh, and mom and pop operators is there's an ability to really cater to the specifics of that one community. So I'm not sure if that's really answering your question, but I, I think that from a real estate standpoint, absolutely partnerships make a lot more sense for a flex offering and, mm-hmm. and, and are going to allow flex to grow at a rate that makes a lot of sense and, and, and will catch up to the percentage that of the experts believe flex will be of the office market. But I, I, I think there's going to be some sort of a consolidation at the top. But that doesn't mean that. Listen, I mean, we're seeing, I'm seeing already some some names that I didn't know pop up and 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 start and and get funding, and so it's it's an exciting time all around. I think that uh, anywhere where or any any doubters of the industry um, are coming around if they haven't already to the demand and the need for flex. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, just switching gears, I'm super curious about Breather, which you know everybody joked was Breeder, um, and that acquisition. I understand it's about technology, and I'm not sure you can speak to it, but like, why Breather? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I be, being a little bit vague, I'll tell you that there's just tremendous excitement on our side of the the platform and the software that that Breather had and developed, and in it. So, so one, it's 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 that, and the other is that the engineering t- team of Breather has been brought into our team through the acquisition. And that's been a seamless transition that, that works really well. So I think just high level, our goals are to basically, you know, increase the service offering, increase the seamlessness for our members existing and future for our enterprise clients. And and when our executive team, Jamie, Justin, and the C-suite see an opportunity to enrich our service offering, that's, I mean, I love that. They're nimble and they're, and they're able to make those kind of decisions and make them quickly. So you're absolutely right. It has a lot to do with the technology. It has to do with the platform and it has to do with the engineering team. And my understanding is, is the people with their hands on that are incredibly excited. Very cool. You know, one of the things we've definitely seen post-pandemic is people want less barriers to entry. They want it to be very easy to get in, sit down, get to work. You know, they they just don't want to have to sign in and get the, the tour and do the this. And so I think that sounds really smart. Without a doubt. Totally agree. So what questions should I have asked you that I have not? You know, that's a great question. I know it's so tricky. <laughs> it is tricky. What questions should you have asked me? You're putting me on the spot. I know you get I know. this question, but I I, I felt you can always on... tell me how you got on Bravo because I almost like lost it one day when I was watching Bravo and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. How funny is that? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've made a couple cameos on Million Dollar Listing. That's really funny. I know, I love it. That's just yeah, I've got some friends on the show, they're outstanding, and I've done a bunch of work with them. So that's that's how that all comes to be. Okay, so I've been super impressed with Industrious. I think they have weathered the storm like brilliantly. And so um I'm just just curious is, you know, there's an exciting new partnership with CBRE. Where do you guys go from here? Are you looking to just be number one in the world? <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, the, the beautiful thing is, you know, my job is growth. So I get to focus on, on real estate growth, growing our landlord partnerships, 
and expanding our footprint. I will tell you that the investment from CBRE, which which is which is about $240 million for about 40% of the business, is incredibly exciting. It's opening doors to to Are you buying some buildings. Uh I can't speak to that. And and that's that's not something <laughs> that I'm doing. I'm we're working through the partnership model, putting me on the spot. But um <laughs> what I will say is that. The conversations that have happened since the acquisition with with basically industrious being in the room with the top occupiers to discuss their strategy and how flex is a component of that strategy is is something that our our partnership with CB is really, really um, helping to facilitate. So there's the difference of being reactionary and being, you know, we build a, a product and, and, enter, and enterprise users and occupiers come to us for that product versus being in the room at the highest levels of our C-suite and the C-suite and the heads of workplace for big corporations with the CBRE brokers that assist and, and support those teams. I think that that's the really cutting edge thing that in part, in part. The other is obviously CBRE has tremendous uh, relationships with 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 substantial number of the best landlords in the world. So high level, it's just empowering us to do a couple things. One, fine tune our product, get better every day and grow our our footprint to be able to be the offering in not just core cities, but eventually the the secondary cities, tertiary cities, suburban markets. Your question was, you know, where where do we go from here? I think that using this partnership, using the capital to uh, continue to fine tune the product, increase the service offerings, you know, enrich the tech and and be, be the be the service offering for the top enterprise users, as well as individual and smaller teams. But I think that what you're going to see is continued growth. And and hopefully, from my perspective, because this is what they hired me to do, hopefully even at a faster tick, certainly in the Western U.S. where where, uh, where I'm focused. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited to watch y'all. Um, okay, last question. In the pandemic, we all learned that we have to do new things to protect our mental health. And I love that you went bike riding. Was there anything else that you implemented during the pandemic that you're going to continue to do post-pandemic to kind of help with your mental health? That's a great question. I, I'm ha- happy and thankful that you're asking it in a public forum. Yes, is the answer. I would say <laughs> that I, I I was always the happiest kid. Everything was always great. I still end that. But but again, I think there was a lot of learning and there was a couple things that helped me tremendously. This is going to sound really silly, but going to bed around the same time and waking up around the same time, just having that. It's a superpower. It's really, really odd. Those That was one. The other is I don't like to run, but I run three or four days a week. I don't enjoy it. I do it as a chore. <laughs> it's just something that has to happen. Um, and and I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I wish I liked it. I really do. I wish it was like the thing that I love and got the runners high that people talk about. I don't get that. I just get the like, okay, it's 30 minutes of running. Um, but I feel amazing when I do. And it, it, it helped tremendously. And it's something I started maybe two or three months. I've, I've run historically in the past, but two or three months into the pandemic where I was like, okay, this isn't really working as is. I'm not seeing anybody. You know, I'm going to go outside and run. Getting used to running with a, a buff, you know, a hiking backpacking buff on the face is kind of odd too. Yeah. Um, but that's been tremendous. I got into backpacking. I went on a few trips, oh. uh, part of the John Muir Trail with some friends and some other things. Um, that was amazing. And then cold showers, which sounds really, really weird. But, but oh, Tim uh, Ferriss swears by him. Interesting. So I haven't I haven't listened to Tim and I got I should, but cold showers, a friend told me about it, and it's weird how much energy you get from a cold shower. Well, he doesn't just cold shower, he cold plunges every day, like hardcore. Uh, yeah, I don't have access to a cold plunge. Unfortunately, I don't live in a, in a spa, but I, I would <laughs> like to. But I, I've cold plunged before, and and it's it's amazing. So I was in I was in 
I was doing part of the John Muir Trail this last weekend from Mammoth to Yosemite. And the, the the running water there is so crystal clear and beautiful, and it's coming right from snowmelt. And jumping into that uh, was magic. as cold plunge as it could be. It was magic, but it was also like numb within 30 seconds. Which was <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. like you did a lot for your mental health. I love it. The trick is to keep it up because it's so hard to keep that going. But I did. I learned about the sleep during the pandemic as well. I got an aura ring. I don't have it on, but it's that ring that's like a little computer. So I can track my deep sleep, my REM sleep, my heart rate. I'm obsessed. Yeah, I love I, I need to I need to get something like that. I've, I think that, you know, the, the Apple watches and the whoops and all that do certain things like that. But that sounds mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Routine. I mean, yeah, it's funny. It's like you grow up and I hear my parents saying the same things. And they kind of were in one ear, what out the other, but but they they've they've stuck in there. I just never really fully processed, and yeah, then you realize that, that there's yeah, it's truth. what you do daily yeah. that changes your life, right? Yeah. yeah. So routine is really important, um, and and for me, if I go to bed late one night and early the next, it just throws me off. So I, I really do try to get get to bed get to bed at ten thirty and, and wake up at, you know as early as I can. I love it, and Jerome, thank you so much for your time. I'm so happy that you're at Industrious, and I can't wait to watch and see where you guys go next. Well, thank you so much. It's so great to catch up. And and it seems like we're going to get to maybe do some events in the future. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're planning a juicy this fall. Stay tuned. It's going to come up quick. Well, I look forward to seeing you in person. All right. Me too. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Workplace Trends. We are so excited that you joined us. Please make sure you hit the subscribe button and follow us to learn more about the future of work, the future of co-working, and the flexible workspace industry. We'll see you next time for season four.